قَالَ يوسف علیہ السلام said لَا تَثْرِيبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْيَوْمِ لَا تَثْرِيبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْيَوْمِ There will be no blame upon you today. Forget about revenge. I'm not even going to blame you. Forget about some kind of punishment. I'm not even going to talk about this anymore. Forget it. Close the chapter. Let's move on. لا تثريب عليكم اليوم The word تثريب is from the root letters سرابا And تثريب is basically to blame someone, to censure them, to make them feel bad about a mistake that they have made, about a fault of theirs. He says لا تثريب عليكم اليوم I'm not even going to make you feel bad about it. We're just going to close the chapter. It's history. It's over. And we're going to move on. لا تثريب عليكم اليوم And he says, يغفر الله لكم Allah forgive you. Meaning, may Allah forgive you. He's making dua for them. It's as though he's saying, from my part, no problem. You're forgiven. I'm not even going to talk about this anymore. I hope that Allah will also forgive you. وَهُوَ أَرْحَمُ الرَّاحِمِينَ And why wouldn't He forgive you? Because He is the most merciful of those who show mercy. He's giving them hope. That hopefully Allah will also forgive you because He's so merciful. What is it that we do? At least threaten them with punishment in the hereafter, right? At least threaten them with, you know, God's punishment. That fine, I can't do anything to you. Allah will establish justice. And again, we are making the other person feel bad. You know what our problem is? We say to others, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. But we have not truly forgiven. How is it that we have not truly forgiven? Because we keep talking about what they've done. We keep reminding them about it. Something that happened 30 years ago. I don't understand how you can remember that incident also. But women are able to relate those bad experiences so well. You know, they remember all the details also. I was wearing these clothes and... You know, like something like you have, I was wearing similar clothes. Something that happened 30 years ago. They remember all those details. This is not forgiveness. And of course, if you haven't forgiven, you will be miserable. You will be miserable. You will be unhappy. You will have high blood pressure. You will have anxiety issues. You will have stress problems. You will have poor health. Because you have not forgiven the other person. Forgive them and free yourself. Do yourself a favor. And don't talk about it. Don't remind the other person of what they've done. Especially when they have apologized. Sister Jamila. I remember after I finished Alim al-Quran, I went back home and I carry with me this hadith about forgiveness. And I tell my father about it. My father, may Allah have mercy on him, he loved that hadith so much. And whenever he go to bed and he said to everyone, I forgive you, I forgive you. He keeps saying that, subhanAllah, before he die, he pray his salat al-layl, and he pray his fajr, and he read surah al-Baqarah, he sleep, after that he didn't wake up. Forgiveness, it have a lot of effects. Because when we forgive others, then we can, you know, say something like, Ya Allah, you also forgive me. But if our hearts are full of grudges and spite for others, then with what face are we asking Allah for forgiveness? When we haven't shown forgiveness, then how is it that we can expect forgiveness? 
And this is the reason why our relationships can never be mended. They can never improve. Because we don't forgive. We don't forgive. We hold on to the mistakes of others, to their offenses. We hold on to them. This is why we are unhappy. This is why our relationships cannot improve. This is why things, they never improve. They only get worse. Yeah. If anything, they'll remind people of the mistakes that they used to make long time ago. Like for example, somebody has tried so hard to you know, change themselves, become a better Muslim, you know, start praying their salah properly, wear hijab. And then what is it that people say? Oh, remember three years ago when you were wearing those clothes and you went like this and you spoke like this and you did this? They embarrass them in public, humiliate them. How is it possible that we embarrass someone and then they will continue to love us? They will continue to have respect for us? We embarrass other people and then we say, you didn't mind, right? Chill. You didn't mind, right? Really? You think I didn't get offended because you publicly embarrassed me and humiliated me by reminding me and other people of my past mistakes? Which person is perfect? Which human being is such that he has never committed a mistake? No one is like that. Everyone makes mistakes. And this is something that mothers should also remember. That sometimes when children grow up, they embarrass them by reminding them of the silly things that they did as children. That they wrote, that they said, that they sang. I mean, if a child is embarrassed by it, please don't talk about it. Don't, you know, shatter his confidence by reminding him of his mistakes, by reminding him of his silly things. Don't remind him. Yes, there is a certain age, you know, when a person becomes mature that he doesn't really get bothered that his mother took a picture of his, you know, just in a diaper and he doesn't care about it. But as a teenager, or maybe younger than that, it's kind of embarrassing to see such pictures being shown to the whole family. Because you know that everyone's going to poke at you. Everyone's going to make fun of you. So don't embarrass people in any way. Once in a gathering, a man, he passed wind. And the Sahaba, when they heard that, they started laughing, giggling. Like in any gathering, it would happen. Right? You are already giggling. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said, why do you laugh at him for something that every single one of you does? Why do you embarrass him for something that even you do? Yes, it's embarrassing in and of itself to be in a situation where you pass when loudly in a gathering and other people hear you, but you didn't have any choice. It was uncontrollable. And other people start laughing at you. Why do you make him feel bad? And it happens. Somebody, you know, they're saying something, they make a tongue slip, everybody starts laughing, giggling. They're a human being. Every person makes mistakes. But don't embarrass people over their mistakes. Let them have confidence. Overlook their error. Overlook their mistake. Let them go past it. You know why we have so many body image issues and anxiety issues and psychological issues these days? Because people get picked on a lot. People are made to feel embarrassed a lot. For their looks, for their nose, for their skin, for their acne, for their height, for their family, for their results, for everything. People get picked on a lot. Little children get picked on. 
I remember my son when he was a baby, he had a lot of eczema and his face was like raw, literally raw. As painful as it was for him to bear that, it was difficult for me to even you know, see my child suffering like that. But there was no way but to you know, pass those years. And I remember sometimes people would just point and say, Ugh. just point. And I would feel so worried about my child that when he grows up, if his face is still like that, what is he going to you know, hear from people? And any parent who has a child who has even the slightest of issues, whether it's a speech problem, or it is a physical problem, it is a disability, you don't know about the kind of fears that they have, what their child is going to go through. Because they know they will be embarrassed, their child will be embarrassed, so they become isolated, they don't go to any gatherings. This is zulm. This is zulm. Look at how sensitive Yusuf salam is, that even though he had a hundred percent right and justification to take revenge, he does not take revenge, he does not even make them feel bad. He says, La alaykum I'm not even going to talk about this. This is history. We're going to forget it. La alaykum alayhum. He said, Idhabu go hadha with this shirt of mine. فَأَلْقُوهُ And then put it عَلَى وَجْهِ أَبِي On the face of my father. يَأْتِ بَصِيرًا He will become seeing. He gave his shirt to his brothers. He said, go back to Palestine, to Canaan, and put this shirt of mine on the face of my father so that he can become seeing again. Meaning his blindness will go away. وَأْتُونِي بِأَهْلِكُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ And bring me your family all together. Meaning, all of you bring your families and come here and live in Egypt. Move here. Now what do we see? That Yaqub salam, the father of Yusuf salam, his test, it began with what? A blood-stained shirt. Right? A blood-stained shirt. And that whole test is ending with what? Another shirt. Another shirt. Right? I mean, what's common over here? Shirt. One shirt made him so sad. That was the beginning of his problems to the point that he became blind. And now what happened? Another shirt, but from the same person, Yusuf salam. What happened? It became the source of his happiness and delight and relief from his misery. What do we see? That the same thing can be a cause of misery and it can also be a cause of happiness for us. Someone... Something can hurt us one day, but another day they can make us happy. Another day, they can make you forget your problems. So just because you've been hurt because of something, just because you've been hurt because of someone, don't cut off from them forever. Give time. Give time. Be patient. Have taqwa. And inshallah, what will happen? What caused you hurt yesterday will bring you happiness tomorrow. You see, Everything in life is like this. Everything. Think about relationships. Which friendship of yours you can say is perfect in every way? That your friend has never hurt you, never disappointed you, never offended you in any way. Do you have any friend who's like that? Even if it's your best, best, best friend forever. Okay? I'm sure there was some point in life when they did something that annoyed you at least. 
that maybe made you feel jealous, feel hurt. Siblings, you hate them and you love them. If they're around, you're upset. And when they're gone, you miss them. Right? Am I right or am I wrong? Okay. I remember the first day of, that my son was off from school when his summer break began. I mean, think about their ages. They're so young, my children. But first day they were fighting and fighting and fighting. And I was so worried. What's going to happen through the break? If this is the beginning, what's going to happen? But now, alhamdulillah, they're getting along so well that yesterday when they were away from each other for just a few hours, they were hugging and, you know, I missed you. When they're together, they fight. And when they're away from each other, they miss each other. Now, just because you got into a fight with someone, doesn't mean that you decide never to speak to them again. There are people who do that, who say to their brother, never talk to me again. I'm not going to talk to you ever again. I don't know you, you don't know me. Get out of my life, get out of my face. Because they have not forgiven. Right? They're just focused on the problems. But remember, today they're hurting you. Don't you remember when they made you happy? And perhaps, hopefully, inshallah, in the future, there will be a time when they will make you happy again. You know, like some children, they annoy their parents a lot. A lot. I mean, their children are very, very difficult to deal with. Very difficult. I mean, mothers are crying sometimes, literally, because of their children. But the same children, one day, they make their parents so proud. They make them so happy. Your husband, he's hurting you today. Tomorrow things will be fine. Just give it some time. Today he said something so mean to you that if you repeat those words to yourself, you would just cry and cry and cry. But ignore it. Just give it a few minutes. Give it a few days. Inshallah things will go back to normal. Your sibling says something. Your friend says something. But remember, this is how everything in life is. You get the good and you also get the bad. Both Yaqub and Yusuf both of them were extremely hopeful. Uh, no matter what the situation, they were constantly looking towards the future that, okay, we had this problem now, let's deal with it and move on. Yes. Uh, something better is going to come up, even within our own relationship. Yes. And the more hopeful you are, the more good Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows you. So if somebody's hurt you, never think, that's the end of it. That's the end of it. I had a fight with my husband and I think we're going to end up in a divorce. Really? All couples fight. They argue. They argue. Some of them even get divorced and then they get back together. So just because something has happened, don't think it's all over. It's not over. Be hopeful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put khayr. He will bring goodness. But focus on the goodness. And nothing is permanent in life. Right? So for example, financially, you're experiencing a lot of ease, a lot of money, benefits. And then what happens? After some time, less money, less benefits. And then, does it stay like that forever? No, it changes. It changes. Everything changes. Because, إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى Now we see here that Yusuf told his brothers, go home, give this shirt to my father. Now, was it the shirt that was the cause of blindness and the cause of his vision coming back? No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cured him. Right? That shirt became a means. Now this doesn't mean that if someone has hurt you, you take their shirt and you... 
put it on your heart so that your heart can feel better. No. This is an isolated incident. This is a miracle. This is two prophets of Allah. Okay? Now, he said, bring your families. Meaning, come to Egypt and settle here. Now, you can imagine, he had 11 brothers. And about 30 years had passed. So you can imagine that every single one of them was married and had you know, a wife and children. So it is said that there were about 67 of his family members. 67. And they all came to Egypt. Now, with their coming, remember that the position of Yusuf became even more clear amongst the Egyptians. How? That the Egyptians, they only knew Yusuf as a slave. He came into Egypt as a slave. We only know him as a slave. But then when they learned that this is his family, he has such noble origins, they increased in their respect for Yusuf And when they learned the whole story, that this is how he ended up as a slave, and he's forgiving his brothers... Imagine how much more they grew in respect for Yusuf a.s. in appreciation of him. So this was all good for Yusuf a.s. to have his family come to Egypt. And you see one question that remains that why is it that Yusuf a.s. asked his family to come? I mean, wasn't he better off without them? If you think about it, the brothers of Yusuf a.s. they had only hurt him. Right? And until recently they were accusing him. And he's telling them, come and live here, close to me, so that I can see you every day, and I can talk to you every day, and I can hear you every day. Isn't he asking for problems? Hmm? Think about it. If somebody has hurt us, and we manage to get away from them, move into a different house, move into a different city, you don't see them, they don't see you, except just once or twice a year, aren't you happy like that? Come on, they've hurt you, you're away from them, you're better off. But Yusuf he brings them close to himself. Why? Because as difficult as it is to bear the difficulties that come from your family members, the nobility, the honor of a person is in being with his family. As difficult as it is to bear the hardships that come from them, it's still better for a person to live with his family, to be with his family. What do we want? As soon as we're capable, move out. Move out. You know what? I can't stay with my siblings anymore. I can't stay with my parents anymore. I need my own space. Okay, and you know, if you're married, you have children, you have your own, uh, you know, different kind of life, it's understandable. But if you are trying your best to get away from the city so that you don't even get to see them, except under Eid, maybe once or twice a year, if that is the niyyah behind it, then you are depriving yourself of a lot of reward. Because which believer is better? The one who stays amongst people, bears their hardships with patience, forgives them. And you see, dealing with family members is very difficult. But if you are patient, you observe taqwa in dealing with them, eventually what happens, you win their support. You win their support. And having that support is much better than being on your own. Having that support is much, much better than being on your own. Because think about it, many mothers over here, if you were to be living in a place where you have no relatives at all, no relatives, then don't you want that one night you and your husband can just go for some dinner and leave your children with someone who's trustworthy? Don't you want that? But you will never experience it. But okay, there are some 
relatives that live in the city and every time you meet them, you speak to them, they hurt you or you get offended or you get irritated by what they say. Okay, but at least there's also good. Right? The bad comes with the good. The good comes with the bad. And if you want only good, then remember that you are in this world. Only good, happily ever after is where? In Jannah only. Exactly. If you can tolerate the difficulties that are coming to you from your family members, then tolerating the difficulties that come to you from you know, strangers is a piece of cake. You see now, the people of Egypt, they knew, okay, these are the brothers of Yusuf a.s. And Yusuf a.s. was someone who was very honorable, respectable in Egypt. Because of his, first his reputation, secondly his position, and thirdly the way he dealt with people. The king, what did he say? أَسْتَخْلِصْهُ بِنَفْسِ And he would consult Yusuf a.s. for everything. So if Yusuf a.s., you know, if it is known that these are his brothers, this is his family, if they loved Yusuf, they also loved his family. And remember, this is what happened. The brothers of Yusuf moved to Egypt. And then after some time, their tribe, it grew. And that tribe came to be known as Bani Israel. Initially, they lived in Egypt with a lot of respect. But then what happened afterwards? What happened afterwards? When they degraded themselves by leaving the deen, then what happened? Fir'aun, he enslaved them. He enslaved them. And then Musa was sent in order to rescue the Bani Israel. وَلَمَّا فَصَلَتِ الْعِيرُ And when the caravan departed from Egypt, meaning Yusuf gave his shirt, the caravan departed from Egypt, what happened? قَالَ أَبُوهُمْ Their father, Yaqub And where is he? He's in Canaan, he's in Palestine. And his sons have just left Egypt, they're on their way to Palestine. Yaqub he said, إِنِّي لَأَجِدُ رِيحَ Yusuf. I find the fragrance of Yusuf. I can smell him. You know, every person has a distinct smell. Right? He said, I can smell Yusuf. And I would say that, I know he's going to be here very soon, but I'm afraid to say anything else because tufannidun. Tufannidun is from the root letters fa, noon, dal. Fanada is to be weak in mind due to extreme old age. You know when people become very, very old, then they say things sometimes that don't make any sense to you. Hmm? They say things which you completely disagree with. Which is why unfortunately many, many people, they are found rolling their eyes before their grandparents, laughing over what their grandparents have said, ignoring what they've said, you know, yelling at them because of what they said, getting upset with them over what they've said. So Yaqub he was old. And he's a prophet of Allah. And he's saying, I can smell Yusuf. But I'm afraid that you're going to say that you are weak in mind and you are saying crazy things. So this is why I'm not going to say anything else. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave good news to Yaqub even before the shirt reached him. Even before the news of Yusuf reached him. This is just like before the rain comes. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send? Clouds, wind. Alright? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him this good news. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided that this good news should reach him at this point. And he should have this feeling that Yusuf is close by at this point. Not before. When Yusuf was in the well, 
Yaqub didn't say, I can smell Yusuf and follow that smell and take Yusuf out of the well. No. When he was in neighboring Egypt, Yaqub could not smell his son. No. It was at this time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him feel the presence, the nearness of Yusuf because he was soon going to meet him. Qalu, the family said, Tallahi, by Allah, innaka lafi dalalika al qadim. Indeed, you are in your same old error. You are still in that same old error, that same old mistake of yours, that you think Yusuf is nearby, Yusuf is safe, and he is alive. He's dead, he's gone, forget about him already. Didn't your son say that the wolf ate him? The wolf ate him, he's finished, he's gone. Stop thinking about him. Get over him. It's as though they're yelling at him. But Yaqub he was hopeful. فَلَمَّا أَنْ جَاءَ الْبَشِيرِ Then when the bearer of good tidings arrived, one of his sons brought the good news. We found Yusuf. And this is the shirt of Yusuf. And your son is enjoying a place of great honor in Egypt. When the bearer of good news came, أَلْقَاهُ عَلَى وَجْهِهِ He put the shirt on his face. فَرْتَدَّ بَصِيرًا Then he returned as seeing. Meaning his vision returned. His blindness was gone. Yaqub said, Qala, He said, أَلَمْ أَقُلْ لَكُمْ Did I not say to you that إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ I know from Allah that which you do not know. He was certain that one day he would meet Yusuf. And he kept saying that. He didn't believe their story that a wolf ate Yusuf. He didn't believe it. Why? Because he knew that Yusuf was going to be honored by Allah. He was going to get something special in his life because of the dream that Yusuf had. They said, Ya Abana, oh our father. Now the sons when they returned to him, they said, Oh our father, istaghfir lana dunubana. Please ask for forgiveness for us. Ask Allah to forgive us. Inna kunna khati'een. Indeed we have been sinners. Beautiful. They said this to Yusuf and they're saying this to their father also. They're apologizing to people and they're also requesting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should forgive them. They were really regretful over what they had done. Because who is it that keeps saying, I'm sorry, please ask Allah to forgive me, please do istighfar for me. Who? Who says this? The one who really is regretful, who's really sorry. Qala, Yaqub said, سَوْفَ أَسْتَغْفِرُ لَكُمْ I will seek forgiveness for you. Rabbi from my Lord. He's promising them that yes, I will, inshaAllah. You know, it's just like if somebody comes to you and says, please make dua for me. Do you just lift up your hands immediately and say, Ya Allah, please give this person this and this and this. What do you say? Okay, inshaAllah, I will make dua for you. And when is it that you make dua? When? At a good time. When duas are going to be accepted, inshaAllah. So for example, after your salah, you know, after performing a good deed, after reading the Qur'an. So Yaqub also said, I will seek forgiveness for you. And he gave them hope, إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Indeed, he is forgiving and merciful. Now the father is saying, I will make dua for you. Remember that the duas of parents in favor of their children, inshaAllah, they are accepted. Why? Because... Parents are those who are very, very sincere to their children. Who want the best for their children. So when they will ask Allah for something for their children, they would really mean it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will inshallah accept their duas. When a person loses their parents, one or both of them, 
then yes, it's a big loss. Because separation from parents, not being able to see them, not being able to serve them, is a big loss. But the real loss is that you have lost someone who used to make dua for you. The death of parents means what? That you have lost someone who used to make dua for you. This is why those whose parents are alive, what should they do? Value their parents. The blessing of parents. Don't hurt them. Don't annoy them. Do ihsan towards them. Make them happy so that they will make du'as for you. And when they will make du'as for you, inshallah they will be accepted. فَلَمَّا دَخَلُوا عَلَى يُوسُفْ Now when they all entered upon Yusuf, they all moved to Egypt. Imagine Yaqub a.s. He's coming to Egypt. And Yusuf a.s. finally gets to see his father after so many years. فَلَمَّا دَخَلُوا عَلَى يُوسُفْ آوَى إِلَيْهِ أَبَوَيْهِ Yusuf a.s. He took his parents to himself. آوَى إِلَيْهِ Remember I told you this earlier? It means to go close to someone and also to hug them. آوَى إِلَيْهِ أَبَوَيْهِ He went close to his parents and he hugged them. Some of us were too embarrassed to hug our parents. To sit next to them. To give them a kiss. To receive a kiss from them. Yusuf a.s. He hugs his parents. وَقَالَ And he said, أُدُخُلُوا مِصْرَ Enter Egypt, inshaAllah, if Allah wills. Amineen, as ones who are safe and secure. Meaning now, you are the residents of Misr, so you stay here with honor, with dignity. Now remember that Yusuf a.s. He was very well respected, not just because of his position, but because of his character, because of the way that he dealt with people, his manner, his service. And this in itself brought so much honor to Yaqub a.s. To both the parents of Yusuf a.s. That they were well respected as soon as they entered Egypt. He said, أُدُخُلُوا الْمِصْرَ إِنْشَاءَ اللَّهِ آمِنِينَ You'll be safe here. You'll be secure here. You'll be well respected here. Why? Because of Yusuf a.s. Because he was well respected. Remember that when you do something good, automatically you're bringing honor to your parents. And when you do something bad, automatically you're humiliating and embarrassing your parents. Your success is your parents' success. Your failure, your embarrassment is that of your parents'. So get yourself together, get your life together, do something good as ihsan bil walidain. You know on the day of judgment, a person who has memorized Qur'an, the one who reads Qur'an beautifully, his parents will be honored so much. Right? Why? Why? Because their son used to read the Qur'an. If you cannot do anything to honor your parents, to respect them, now... One of the best ways is through learning the Qur'an. Because the person who knows the Qur'an, he will be honored, but his parents will also be honored on the Day of Judgment. وَرَفَعَ أَبَوَيْهِ عَلَى الْعَرْشِ And he raised his parents upon the throne. Which throne? The throne of Yusuf where he used to sit in order to run the affairs of his office. Because remember that he was a finance minister, he was not king. The Malik was someone else. He was Aziz. And who was Aziz? The finance minister. So in order to 
do all his work, he would sit at a particular seat. And that seat has been called an arsh over here. This does not mean the arsh of the Malik, but it means the arsh of Yusuf a.s. So he raised his parents upon the throne. وَخَرُّوا لَهُ سُجَّدًا And they all prostrated to him. They all fell in prostration before him. What kind of sajda is this? The sajda is of? Of respect, of ihtiram, of ta'zeem. And remember that this kind of sajda was permissible from the time of Adam a.s. all the way to the time of Isa a.s. This was something permissible. But after that, meaning the sharia of Muhammad wasallam, this kind of sajda is not allowed. So we cannot bow in front of anybody out of respect. We cannot do sajda to any human being. Neither a complete sajda, nor half sajda, nor a quarter sajda, we're not allowed to do that. Okay? Because in our sharia, it's considered a kind of shik. So, وَخَرُّوا لَهُ سُجَّدًا They all fell in prostration before him. Does that remind you of something? Huh? The dream of Yusuf salam. What was his dream? Hmm? So open up the ayah. Exact verse. إِذْ قَالَ يُوسُفُ لِأَبِيهِ يَا أَبَتِ إِنِّي رَأَيْتُ أَحَدَ عَشَرَ كَوْكَبًا وَالشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ رَأَيْتُهُمْ لِي سَاجِدِينَ I saw eleven stars, the sun and the moon prostrating to me. And this is exactly what happened over here. Eleven stars, the brothers, the sun and the moon, his father and his mother, everybody present over there. And they all showed their utmost respect to Yusuf They all, imagine even his father is showing utmost respect to his son. Because of the honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him. وَقَالَ يَا أَبَتِي Yusuf said, O oh my father, هَذَا تَوِيلُ رُؤْيَايَا This is the interpretation of my dream. مِنْ قَبْلُ From before. Meaning the dream that I saw before. Long time ago. Tell me something. How long did it take for the dream to really actualize? How long? One day? One week? One year? Many, many years. And was it all beautiful with pretty flowers and sunshine and rainbows? Yeah? How did it come true? There was a lot of pain. There was a lot of suffering. Separation. Loss. Good times, bad times. A lot of tears, a lot of smiles. And this is how life is. But those who are successful are who? Those who pass every test that comes their way with sabr and with taqwa. He said, قَدْ جَعَلَهَا رَبِّ حَقَّ My Lord has made it come true. My dream came true. وَقَدْ أَحْسَنَ بِي And my Lord was good with me. إِذْ أَخْرَجَنِي مِنَ السِّجْنِ When He brought me out of the prison. What is He doing again over here? وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثِ Mention the blessings of your Lord. He's remembering the good times. He says, وَقَدْ أَحْسَنَ بِي He starts with Allah's ihsan. Allah was very, very good to me when He took me out of the prison. إِذْ أَخْرَجَنِي مِنَ السِّجْنِ He doesn't say, it was very difficult to be in the prison. It was very difficult to bear all the hardships, to be lonely. 
to be you know abandoned it was very hard but you know Allah does not waste the reward of those who are patient no he talks about Allah's ihsan wa ja'a bikum and he brought you min al-badwi from the village badu from the root letter is bad wow it means desert because in desert everything is open and bada is to be to be visible and something is visible when it's all open but remember that the word badu doesn't just apply to a desert it means it also applies to a small village because in a small village there is no you know high rises there's no building and as a result everything is visible so he said Allah has done so much ihsan to me he took me out of the prison and he brought you he brought you here from bedouin life from small village life into this big country the civilization mim ba'di an nazaga shaytan after shaytan had nazaga he had induced baini wa bayna ikhwati between me and my brothers enmity nazg what does nazg mean to interfere to poke in so shaytan he really created problems between me and my brothers he filled their hearts with jealousy and hatred against me he tried his best to make us suffer but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected us that despite these problems he took me out of the prison despite these problems he brought you over here he's only talking about the blessings inna rabbi latifun lima yasha indeed my lord is latif very kind and very subtle lima yasha for that which he wills meaning in order to execute his wish innahu huwal alimul hakim indeed he is knowing and he is wise we don't know anything and we don't even have any wisdom either allah is knowing and he is wise now what do we see over here yusuf alayhi salam he made his parents sit on the throne why in order to honor them in order to show respect to them many times it happens that if children have been you know they have gotten something that their parents don't have or their parents never got okay meaning they have been successful in worldly life more than their parents were then they start looking down on their parents if we know something about gadgets that our parents don't know then what happens we treat our parents as if they don't nothing oh mom you have no idea why do you even have an iphone when you don't know how to use it what's the point just get a small basic phone we hurt our parents in this way you know nothing you came from somalia you came from pakistan you never went to school here you don't even know how to speak english we feel embarrassed because of our parents and we embarrass our parents but what do we see yusuf alayhi salam in a foreign land with so much honor what is he doing What is he doing? Honoring his parents. Because after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is it from amongst the creation that we have to show love and respect to? Definitely the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but from amongst people who are around us, first and foremost is who? Our parents. وَبِلْ وَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا And remember that, أَنْتَ وَمَالُكَ لِأَبِيكَ You and your money belong to your father. You and your money belong to who? Your father. You are what you are because of your parents. If you made a lot of money, if you've been successful in your relationships, in having a family, in your work, in your education, it's because of your parents. Now many times children don't see this. 
what role do my parents have to play in my success? They never paid my fees. They never encouraged me to go to school. I had to work part-time to collect money in order to pay for my education. Why should I show ihsan to my parents? What did they ever do to me? Think about Yusuf alayhi salam. What role did his father have to play in this success that he was enjoying right now? What role did his father have to play? Tell me. Did he teach his son calculations and Egyptian language or anything like that? Did he teach his son? Where was he? He was in Canaan. Yusuf was in Egypt. So why is Yusuf respecting his parents so much? As though whatever he has is because of the efforts of the parents. Why? That even if your parents have not been able to pay for your education, guide you to find the best spouse, they have not been there for you in the later part of your life, remember they were very much present in the early part of your life. They were very much present. They did tarbiyah in the first few years that you lived with them. And you know, a child, his basic tarbiyah is done by the age of three. What beliefs he has, what weaknesses he has, by the age of three. I mean, those pathways are developed in his mind and they're only going to strengthen over life. So, Yaqub he did his basic tarbiyah, right? The belief in tawheed, the good akhlaq. Good akhlaq. If you see in Yusuf what were the two things that he possessed? The right aqidah and the good akhlaq. And both of them, they start when? When do they start? Very, very early. So, acknowledge the favors of your parents. Even if you're seeing them after a decade, and you feel like they've done nothing for you in the recent past, realize that they've done the most that any person could do for you after the Prophet ﷺ. So he respected his parents. Rabbi. Now Yusuf ﷺ, he says, Oh my Lord, قَدْ certainly آتَيْتَنِي You gave me. You have given me مِنَ الْمُلْكِ Of sovereignty. وَعَلَّمْتَنِي And you have taught me مِنْ تَأْوِيلِ الْأَحَادِيثِ From the interpretation of dreams. Interpretation of matters. Understanding matters. Interpreting them correctly. Two things are mentioned over here. Yusuf says, Oh my Lord, you have given me mulk and you have given me ilm. You have given me power. You have brought me to this position. I could never have gotten here myself. And the knowledge that I possess also, you have given that to me. I could never ever have attained that knowledge myself. Rabbi, qad ataytani. You gave me. Min al-mulki. Wa'allamtani min ta'wil al-ahadith. He says, Fatir al-samawati wal-ard. O originator, creator of the heavens and the earth. Anta waliyi fi dunya. You are my wali, my protector, my close friend in this life, wal akhirah, and also in the hereafter. You have always been my protector throughout my life, and you will be my wali in the hereafter also. Because everyone besides you, O Allah, is weak. You are the master, and everyone besides you is servant. You are the most knowing, and everyone besides you, other than you, is not knowing. They don't have absolute knowledge. They're limited in their knowledge. 
You are Malik, everyone is Mamluk. You are Hakim, everyone is Mahkum. You are the judge. You are the one who decides. You are the ruler. And everyone before you is weak. You are the Rabb. So you are my Wali. You are my protector. You are the only one worthy of being trusted. I am what I am because of you. Because of you. Because if you think about it, Yusuf through his life, he met many people, many protectors. He got the protection of his parents. But what happened? He lost that. He got the protection of the Aziz. Again, he lost that. And then his knowledge benefited him. But what happened? The man whom he gave the interpretation of his dream for, he forgot about Yusuf His knowledge didn't really benefit him there. His knowledge really didn't benefit him there. So we think that what we are because of the ihsan of people, because of how they have treated us, because of how they have helped us, because of how we have used our skills and the abilities and the opportunities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. But think about it. People have been good to you. Why? Because Allah put it in their heart. They have taught you something because Allah enabled them. You use some skill of yours because Allah enabled you. And what happens in life? Someone benefits you and then you lose them. Right? You're with your parents and then you separate from your parents. You move on, you get married, you grow up. And then what happens? You have your children and then your children also go away from you. You have your spouse and then either you leave or they leave. One dies or the other dies. No person, no relationship, no asset, no skill, nothing of this life is permanent with you. Nothing. Anything you have, anyone you have, remember, they were sent to you by who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to benefit you. So don't get lost in that individual. Don't get lost in that skill, in that opportunity. No. Allah is the one who gave you. And we see that Yusuf fully understands that. He says, Anta waliyi. Not the king was my wali. Not the Aziz was my wali. Not my parents were my wali. No. Ya Allah, you are my wali. You took care of me. You taught me. You honored me. You gifted me. You gave me everything. Anta waliyi fi dunya wal akhirah. And what is his hope? Yusuf alayhi salam, what is his greatest wish at this time? Tawaffani muslima. Ya Allah, take me as a Muslim. When you cause me to die, cause me to die in the state of submission to you. Because a person could have lived a very good life up until a certain point. But what guarantee does he have that he's going to remain like that forever? Yes, Yusuf was very successful thus far. But in order to die successfully, you know, successful, while he was successful, he needed Allah's help. Tawaffani musliman wa'alhiqni bisalihin. And join me with the righteous. Meaning after death, join me with the prophets. Join me with the salihin. I want righteous company. Yeah, like the story of Bursisa. So righteous, but then what happened? Didn't die as a Muslim. Yusuf salam, what is his wish? Ya Allah, make me die as a Muslim. Now what do we see here in this dua of Yusuf salam? That anything that we have in life, whether it is knowledge or it is power, 
it is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We see that Yusuf a.s. despite having everything perfect, it's amazing how he's immersed in the realization of the greatness of his Lord. He's not thinking about his glory. He's not thinking about his power, his own might, his own knowledge. No, he's just lost in the greatness of his Lord. That, Ya Allah, you gave me. I didn't get this myself. You gave me through ways, through means that I could never imagine. Through plans that I could never make for myself. You know how we make a plan for ourselves? In five years, I want to get this thing mastered. And we follow that plan. But the plan that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made for Yusuf no human being could make it. No counselor could give it. Yes. We see that Yusuf realizes the greatness of his Lord, which is why he was able to go through the difficulties of his life. Because no one can go through these difficulties without this realization that Allah is in absolute control of my life. Anta waliyi fi dunya. You are my protector. And the one who understands the greatness of his Lord, then he forgets his own greatness. He forgets his own greatness. The one who acknowledges the greatness of his Creator, then he can understand how little he is. And this is true servitude. This is ubudiyah. This is being an abd before Allah. He's so humble, despite having the height of religious and worldly prestige. He was a prophet, and he's got so much honor, he's got so much knowledge, but look at his humility. Rabbi qad ataitani, you gave this to me. And there are very few people who are given both of these blessings. Worldly prestige and religious prestige. Worldly success and religious success. Very few people who have both. Very few people. And those who have it are at a very, very big risk. What big risk of being arrogant? But look at Yusuf a.s. He's so humble. You gave it to me. In this Ramadan, it's really important we seek Husna al Khatima. I have a neighbor. He used to be 15, now he is 18. This boy, he used to go to masjid. He came from back home, some Muslim country, and he used to go to masjid five times a day in the morning when I take my son to the masjid. I used to see him by bike going to the masjid. He used to memorize Quran. His parents, they went back home. They left him alone. And then he started inviting friends. And then he started drinking alcohol. And then he started mm-hmm. drug. The boy completely he changed. Every time I see him, I feel cry. I talk to him. like I feel like he's my son. I talk to him. And he said, okay, miss. I said, I'm not miss. Call me sister. And he said, okay, sister. He feel bad, but he can't leave it. So it's, it's really important to ask a personal khatima. Today, maybe we learn the Quran. Maybe we are in the middle of Muslim, but we don't know the Husn al-Khatim. We don't know the end, how it will be. Yes. And this is why Yusuf Salam, despite having everything, what does he ask for? Tawaffani Muslim. And Ya Allah, make me die as a Muslim. Now we see that Yusuf Salam got everything that anyone could want in their life. Anyone could desire. What do people desire? Power. Yusuf Salam had it. What do people want? Family. Relatives, Yusuf had that. People want beauty, Yusuf had all of it. People want respect, Yusuf had that. People want money, Yusuf had that. Anything that people desire, 
یوسف علیہ السلام got it but was he just happy with that no his eyes were focused somewhere else his focus was not this dunya not physical beauty not money not power not friends not fame his focus was what ya allah you be happy with me you make me die as a muslim فَاطِرَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ أَنْتَ وَلِيِّ فِي الدُّنْيَا His eyes are focused on his Lord. He's admiring the greatness of his Lord. He forgets himself. He's just lost in the admiration of the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And like I said earlier, this is true servitude. When you realize that yes, I am a servant before Allah. Because whatever I have, I have because of Him. Because of Him. You gave me. You are my protector. You kept me safe. You made me survive. Recitation of these ayats. قَالَ لَا تَثْرِيبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْيَوْمِ يَغْفِرُ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ وَهُوَ أَرْحَمُ الرَّاحِمِينَ اذْهَبُوا بِقَمِيصِ هَذَا فَأَلْقُوهُ عَلَى وَجْهِ أَبِي يَأْتِ بَصِيرًا بِأَهْلِكُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ وَلَمَّا فَصَلَتِ الْعِيرُ قَالَ أَبُوهُمْ إِنِّي لَأَجِدُ رِيحَ يُوسُفَ لَوْلَا أَن تُفَنِّدُونَ قَالُوا تَاللَّهِ إِنَّكَ لَفِي ضَلَالِكَ الْقَدِيمِ فَلَمَّا أَن جَاءَ الْبَشِيرُ أَلْقَاهُ عَلَى وَجْهِهِ فَارْتَدَّ بَصِيرًا قَالَ أَلَمْ أَقُلْ لَكُمْ إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ قَالُوا يَا نَسْتَغْفِرْ لَنَا ذُنُوبَنَا إِنَّا كُنَّا خَاطِئِينَ قَالَ سَوْفَ أَسْتَغْفِرُ لَكُمْ رَبِّي إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ فَلَمَّا دَخَلُوا عَلَى يُوسُفَ آوَى إِلَيْهِ أَبَوَيْهِ وَقَالَ دُخُلُوا مِصْرَ إِن شَاءَ اللَّهُ آمِنِينَ وَرَفَعَ أَبَوَيْهِ عَلَى الْعَرْشِ وَخَرُّوا لَهُ سُجَّدًا وَقَالَ يَا أَبَتِ هَذَا تَأْوِيلُ رُؤْيَايَ مِنْ قَبْلُ قَدْ جَعَلَهَا رَبِّي حَقَّ وَقَدْ أَحْسَنَ بِي إِذْ أَخْرَجَنِي مِنَ السِّجْنِ وَجَاءَ بِكُمْ مِنَ الْبَدْوِ مِنْ بَعْدِ وَجَاءَ بِكُمْ مِنَ الْبَدْوِ مِنْ بَعْدِ أَنْ نَزَغَ الشَّيْطَانُ بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ إِخْوَتِي إِنَّ رَبِّي لَطِيفٌ لِمَا يَشَاءُ إِنَّ 